We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. A once-a-week show where I take you through the past seven days in Rotoviz podcasting, giving you small clips and bites of each show, just to give you a preview of what you can hear on all the other shows we have on this network. And now we've got some exciting news. Rotoviz now has a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Rotoviz. If you want to support Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10-plus shows a week, do it on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show answering all of your fantasy questions. Patronships start at just $5 a month and provide access to the exclusive Rotoviz Live show. That's four shows per month on top of 40 podcasts for just $5. Become a Rotoviz Radio Patreon today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network grow and continue to produce high quality, industry leading programming. And speaking of exclusives, you already know. The loyal podcast listener you are, you can get 30% off of a Rotoviz NFL pass right now. It's available through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. The season is almost here, and make sure you're ready to gain unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools. So you get amazing value and support the podcast network all in one place. Once again, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Now the first clip of the week and the first clip of the season comes to you courtesy of Rotoviz Overtime. This week, Colm and Sean Siegel are talking about bounce-back wide receivers and how rare they truly may be. Have a listen. Yeah, so let's go on to the fourth quarter here. And uh, we can't do the fourth quarter without having a Blair Andrews citing uh, his most recent article uh in the series the wrong read it's number 46 and and if you haven't read all 46 then you're really missing out on some of the fundamental uh elements of fantasy football here this one 
was perfect because I think it touches on a topic uh, about which there is a lot of misunderstanding and where people really get into traps and perhaps waste a lot of value in their draft. And that's trying to pick the bounce back wide receiver. And so Blair has gone and investigated and looked at these bounce back wide receivers and tried to explain what things uh, help you project when a player is going to bounce back and which ones don't. And just talking about the likelihood of receivers to bounce back in general. Yeah, and I, I think when you look at the piece uh, as a whole, and you mentioned like the wrong read, 46 in uh, at the moment, but it's just uh, like it's a weekly read for me that I just do not miss out on. It's one of the, I think it's up there with anything that you'll find in the fantasy industry at the minute. There's always something very insightful in there. And when you look at it, uh, you know, what he has put into it for, what leads to these bounce back and his projections, he was kind of, he thought there might have been actually more people or players that would have appeared on the list, but based on the age, the production, uh, the and the efficiency of those players uh, and then if you're looking at players who scored at least 150 points in 2016 and then maintained a, po- a positive efficiency last year there's only a, a list of nine for the 2018 bounce backs at wide receivers off that list uh, that he actually narrowed it down to here's the names on the list it's amari cooper alan robinson jordan matthews who has since been released by the patriots so we can take into that with the injury that he has and what you will kind of narrows the list possibly even down further for us already odell beckham tyrell williams kelvin benjamin richard matthews ty hilton michael crabtree what was your overall takeaway from the piece and were you expecting there to be possibly more names in there or you know it's, it's interesting to see that it's carved down to just that list well starting off it's something where we look at the list and realize there are a lot of players who declined. And that's something that Blair has talked about in some of his other articles, which is that veterans tend to decline. You know, we, we have this idea of veterans reaching this sort of peak age and peak time period and that they are relatively consistent throughout that stretch. And it's, it's simply not true. The other issue, I think, is that when players then suffer the decline, they don't bounce back as often you as you would think and so what Blair has done this is he has taken all of the wide receiver seasons in which a player scored 150 or more points and then looked at the 50 point declines and then studied which players were able to bounce back to 90 percent of that so it's not necessarily a full bounce back because some of the reason that people declined in the first place is simply that their performance in any given year was unsustainable but you're looking at a 90 percent bounce back and what he found is that players don't bounce back that often so he's looking at age looking at performance looking at injury and looking at efficiency so you have four different elements here and the results were surprising and age definitely comes into play you know blair was talking about this you have um younger players do better but perhaps not to the level he was expecting so He's saying even wide receivers entering their age 24 season bounce back at a rate of less than 30%. And by a time a wide receiver reaches age 27, the rate is 20% and it hovers between 10 and 20% for basically the rest of a receiver's career. And so, you know, again, we're, we're seeing these bounce back rates are low and then they drop. Another interesting thing that he found is that the players who had larger production in the years before the decline bounce back better and again this is somewhat intuitive (laughs) and blair writes that um if it sounds like i'm just saying that good players tend to bounce back more often than bad players that's because it is what i'm saying and so you know you've got you've got some fun information there and certainly i think people understand this to an extent if you have someone who uh is scoring 270 points you know falls down 
uh, you know, that player is someone you can count on more than someone at the lower end of the scoring scale. We see that with the breakouts as well. The guys who break out to 270, 280 points, uh, those guys do better in, in future years than players who are breaking out maybe just around the wide receiver two uh, threshold, that level there. But, you know, I won't, we won't spoil everything for you, but they have a couple other cool things in here where efficiency and injury factor in as well in ways that you might not expect. Yeah, and when we look at like the players uh, from last year that just stand out straight away with Alan Robinson and Odell Beckham both injured last year, uh, you know, T.Y. T. Hilton, uh, Andrew Luck was injured last year. You know, there's a lot of things going into it. It's interesting to see both Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree on it because they were both Raiders last year. There's quite a number of these players too have switched teams uh, and Crabtree. You also have Kelvin Benjamin uh, and Jordan Matthews is obviously changing around but and he's without a team at the minute. Then you have Alan Robinson who changed teams as well. So it's a real combination of stuff going on in this one. Richard Matthews too in the preseason looks to you know be struggling with an injury but there's no real uh, reports coming out on what it actually is so it's, it's really a uh, fascinating read and there's some other players i think we should be cautious about uh, that declined by at least 50 points in 2017 that didn't make the list that's jordy nelson pierre garçon mike evans and emmanuel sanders if you're listening to matt kelly on with uh, the guys on rotovis radio uh, this week uh, you'll know what their thoughts are on mike evans <laughs> for the 2018 season so There are two players I really want to hone in on that they talked about in the last clip, and those players are Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, and by extension, Jordy Nelson, because Michael Crabtree is coming to a team that lost Jeremy Macklin, lost Mike Wallace, their two leading receivers, and now they're looking for someone to fill that ex-receiver role, even if it's Joe Flacco offense. Volume is volume. That's our biggest predictor of fantasy output and statistical output. We're chasing volume, especially at the value Michael Crabtree can provide, assuming he does get that volume. If he's still got it, he's a player you want to target. And for Amari Cooper, this all hinges on Jordy Nelson being washed. Not entirely, but the volume aspect of his game really will depend on if Jordy Nelson can come in and fill that Michael Crabtree role. And if he can't, DeAndre Hopkins is in Amari Cooper's outcomes for this year. But looking at airyards.com, the player tracking data, tracking real-time game speed, I think is a good way to see if a player is still athletically talented, independent of their situation. So I pulled up Jordy Nelson, Michael Crabtree from the past two years, and their results are strikingly similar in that they were above average speed in 2016, and both of them declined a little bit in 2017, but they were still above average speed again. Even if you expect a decline of a similar magnitude, they'd still both be above average speed. For Michael Crabtree, I think it's wheels up. The volume is there. Even, like I said, if it's the Joe Flacco offense, we're chasing volume, and that's what he can give you. For Jordy Nelson, I know Josh likes him as a bounce back, and I can see him as a bounce back as well. But with that being said, that really breaks down Amari Cooper's chances of being the team's truest number one ex receiver, a dominant player like DeAndre Hopkins, like Mike Evans, seeing him serve 2,000 plus air yards. So for Michael Crabtree, I think it's all systems go. For Amari Cooper, we still know he's talented. There's no doubt. I don't believe that last year will be the true Amari Cooper. I believe the first two years of Amari Cooper are probably more likely what we're going to see. But in terms of volume, I don't know if it'll be there with Jordy Nelson potentially still being a factor in this offense filling the Michael Crabtree role. Before we get in the next clip, Stephen Laco on the RV32 series. I have to tell you for a brief second about my good friends at the FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. With just days left in the 2018 NFL draft season, the FFPC has a format to suit every diehard's interest and budget. Whether it's the best ball or super flex or classic managed leagues, there are dozens of live drafts filling all day long, starting at a just $35 fee. 
Now, are you ready for the greatest challenge? Then check out the FFPC main event. In its 11th season, the main event is the world's biggest event in season-long fantasy football. Come to Las Vegas for a three-day weekend of live drafts and festivities at the Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino, or draft online from the comfort of your home. Play for the $250,000 grand prize, over $2.2 million in total prizes, and fantasy immortality. Over 1,400 diehards like you are already signed up. What are you waiting for? Don't miss the FFPC experience, wrote of his listeners. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. Now here's Stephen Laco on the RV32 series talking about the Rams' breakdown in their wide receiving core. So what can we expect from this wide receiver core for the upcoming year? To get an answer for this, I again use the projection machine, and I base the numbers on the amount of passes that Jared Goff will likely throw this year. Now I have that number at 480, and I went ahead and divided that up between the wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs based on expected target share. Then we use the catch rate to determine the amount of receptions, and from there we figure out yards and touchdown. And the projection machine is one of the apps that Rotoviz provides, so I recommend you check that out because it's really useful in trying to analyze what might take place this upcoming year. Brandon Cooks is a receiver who has been talked about a lot this offseason. He's got amazing speed and touchdown potential, but people wonder about the volume. Now, last year, he had 117 total targets with an 18.5% target share in New England. And he was able to put together a really nice season of 65 for 1,082 and 7 touchdowns. Now, he had a pretty low catch rate on that of only 57%, which was significantly lower than previous years. So it has to make you wonder what we can expect from him this year. He's got a, most likely, inferior quarterback in Jared Goff over Tom Brady. And he's going to be fighting for a lot of targets with these other receivers. But I do think it's safe to assume that he'll have about a 19% target share compared to Cooper Cup's 18% and Robert Wood's 17%. So based on their historic catch rates and the amount of yards they average per target, we're able to get a good idea of what to expect. Now for Brandon Cooks, his final line would read 55 receptions for 812 yards and 6 touchdowns. Compared to Cooper Cup's 56 receptions for 760 yards and 7 touchdowns, and Robert Woods leading them all with 66 receptions, but for fewer yards and only 735 and five touchdowns. So where does this place them among other wide receivers this year? Well, in standard leagues, those numbers would be good enough for Cooper Cup to lead the way at wide receiver 25. Right behind him would be Cooks at 26, and Robert Woods falling quite a bit behind at 38th. So you can see there is some good wide receiver production from this group, but it may not be quite as exciting as we had initially hoped for. And Ryan mentioned this. He said he gets nervous about what to expect from all of these receivers because there's so many question marks and there's so many viable options for Jared Goff in this passing game. He likes to spread the ball around and will likely see something similar where the receivers all end up with similar numbers, which is great for an NFL team but a lot more difficult for predicting fantasy football output. What we can gather from all of this, though, is that Brandon Cooks is being drafted too early. His numbers would leave him at number 26 wide receiver, which is much lower than where he's being drafted. He's being drafted in the fourth round in most formats, but the value he's giving you is that of a sixth rounder. He's a guy that I wouldn't be willing to take at his current ADP. Cooper Cup, however, is currently going in the eighth round, and he's also giving you that similar production of a low-end wide receiver, too, and valued as a sixth round draft pick. 
So for me, Cooper Cup is a wide receiver that you want to target from the Los Angeles Rams. In the next clip, we got Matt Kelly on the road of his radio flagship show, and he gives a really thoughtful response to a question and Friedman just having none of it. I think that perfectly encapsulates their relationship, and uh, that's that's all. That's the entirety of the the pre-show the pre-show explanation. Have a listen. So moving along, at 100, Devontae Parker, at 103, Sterling Shepard, at 105, Kenny Stills, 113, Marquise Lee, and there is a direction that I'm hoping you're going to go with here. So who are we not paying enough attention to in that grouping? Well, it's not Devontae Parker. (laughs) I mean, he's not going to happen. I mean, do you realize what would have to happen for Devontae Parker to happen? Like a lot of things that we've never seen would have to happen. If you're going to be a late breakout guy, I want you to be undrafted. I want you to be someone who's been underappreciated and never given an opportunity. All the Dolphins have been trying to do is force this breakout to happen for three years. It's not going to happen. The guy that's the number one receiver there is Kenny Stills. And so my answer should be Kenny Stills. And I want to say Kenny Stills, but there is a bona fide number one receiver on here who I think is going to outproduce the others. And I think he is the ultimate receiver that we're talking about, the receiver that George Costanza was describing. It's Marquise Lee. I mean, Marquise Lee is not exciting at all. No blood is pumping when I say Marquise Lee, right? But guess what? This team is going to have to throw the ball more. The whole reason why we're not drafting Leonard Fournette is because the game script is going to shift in Jacksonville because it has to. They were out to an inordinate huge leads in the first quarter last season. That's not going to repeat itself no matter how good the defense is. And there's no way the defense can be as dominant as it was last year. We just don't see that year to year in the NFL. So there's going to be more passing in Jacksonville, less rushing. So fade Leonard Fournette. And then by extension, you want to buy inexpensive pieces of this passing game. And the number one receiver clearly is Marquise Lee. I think he's one of the most clear-cut number ones in the league, and yet he's available in the double-digit rounds. So if we're chasing touches and targets, regardless of the quality of the targets, then you're necessarily drafting Marquise Lee. Friedman, any disagreement there? (sighs) Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. So I, I, yes, yes, I massively disagree, but it's it's more on Marquise Lee. I think that guy sucks. I think he's (laughs) sucked forever. I think he looks like the number one receiver, but he is nowhere near as good as D.D. Westbrook. Like, I don't think it's even close. And I think there are enough other receivers on that team where Marquise Lee, like we're talking about a guy who is entering his fifth year and he's never had even 900 yards receiving. He's never had more than three touchdowns receiving in a season. Like, I cannot get behind that type of guy as a number one wide receiver, like his ceiling seems so low that I don't even want to think about drafting him where he's going. I would rather have someone like Kenny Stills who has like, yeah, he has these weeks where he totally sucks, but he also has weeks where he might score two touchdowns and get, you know, 120 yards. Like he has some pretty big peak moments. I would much rather have that than Marquise Lee. For our 
final clip of the week, Matt Lamarca of Fantasy Labs, company man, of course, I got a show for the man. Matt Lamarca of Fantasy Labs is now a co-host of the Laying the Points podcast along with Anthony Amico. And I think the, the knowledge they drop on the Atlanta Falcons is really good. And I think this is a team that both of them are excited for this year. And with now sports betting, sports gambling being legalized, I'm really excited to see what we get going this season out of laying the points. Have a listen. Uh, Atlanta, minus 155 on the over, plus 125 on the under. They are also at nine. Uh, so they are basically the second favorites in this division. I think that we, I think we're fans of, of the Falcons on this show, Matt, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to default to you here. I am a super fan of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, it felt like their offense was a big disappointment last year. They still finished third in DVOA, but this team has the potential to finish, you know, first again in this season, like they did in, in 2016 and do it by a significant margin. Like they're that talented. Um, Julio Jones is my boy. You know, I've, I've been drafting him all over the place in fantasy leagues at the back end of the first round, early second round. Like I think he is just, just prime for a big season. Uh, I'm expecting some, you know, more similarities to what they did in 2016 in terms of play calling. They kind of opened it up a little bit down the stretch of the season last year and ended up, uh, you know, pulling off a big win in the playoffs. I think that they, We'll lean on that again for a full season in 2018. So I think that this unit for sure has the potential to put up a huge season. And even with them disappointing a bit on the offensive end last year, they still won 10 games. So uh, I like this team a lot this season. Like I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm buying their futures. I'm buying them in fantasy. Give me all the Falcons. Yeah. And like I, I've talked about this a little bit, like the stuff that Sark has done wrong has been like really, really bad situational play calling. Like he's been really bad, you know, like fourth and one against New England. He runs like an end around like that's bad. Like the play calling in the playoffs against uh, Philly at the end of games, bad. But like game to game and on over the course of the season, Atlanta was really good. I mean, Atlanta outside of like touchdowns, which obviously is important, but like outside of putting the ball like in the actual end zone, they were just as good as they were last year, probably better. Uh, sorry, two years ago, probably better. The difference is that they got they ended up on the wrong side of variance. They didn't do a great job, at, you know, as good a job putting the ball in the end zone. Um, but I feel like that's that's due to bounce back. I think that Atlanta still obviously has great pieces. Uh, their defense overall has improved over the off season. Uh, and this is a team that went from having, you know, one of the oldest rosters in the league uh, before the draft, before the, the offseason to, uh, you know, they've gotten a lot younger. So I, I like kind of what Atlanta's doing. Again, this is why I'm kind of off uh, the Saints. But I think I will go over here on nine. Again, I think I think nine is the number you want in this division because I, I think that you could get three teams, nine or seven, nine and seven or better. Uh, and then, you know, at worst, you're just pushing. That's going to do it this week for the Rotoviz Radio Weekly Recap. Make sure if you like what you hear on this show and the clips you're hearing from other shows, support us on Patreon. And as always, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for your NFL, Rotoviz NFL Pass discount, 30% off. Thanks for tuning in.
This September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub, drink, and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub, salad, or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community. This September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub, drink, and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub, salad, or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community.